The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to the show, everybody. Okay, we're talking about uh, multiple marriages today. You know, you oftentimes run across it these days people barely uh, actually stay together. It's amazing to me how many people have had multiple marriages uh, just in the people that I know. It's, it's sad in many ways that people have multiple marriages, but they, they, if you do a deep dive on it, if you really try to understand what's going on, every situation is very different. You know, there are people who want to be monogamous in a monogamous relationship. They commit to them and then, then they don't work out. And uh, others will date hundreds of people looking for the perfect fit and finally get tired and settle. Some do both. Some do the middle. Uh, You know, life is a long journey. And most people are gray in their choices. And the real issue is in in multiple marriages, it's the children. It's the children that are brought into that environment. That is what is very difficult to overcome is kids that have to go through multiple partners of one or the other uh, parent. You know, truthfully, you know, they, they don't teach marriage in public school or how to raise children, uh, even though most people will in their life. And it's it's amazing that they don't teach that. You know, when I teach people how to, to work their their marriage, which is basically a conditional relationship, and I know everybody wants to think that who they're married to is unconditional love, but the truth is it's a contract. You know, you have to take vows. Uh, you have to get a divorce, which is a legal breakage of the contract. So, you know, it, it helps people in therapy to either straighten out their current marriage and learn how to be married. And if they don't stay with the partner and they still find they can't stand them, at least they know how to do marriage. And, and so, you know, I always advise people to do marriage counseling, even if things are smooth sailing, because there's always little bumpy things that can be fixed and help the relationship grow even further. Some relationships plateau and uh, people get really scared because they're not feeling it and they're feeling apathetic and then it hits a new high. And what that calls for is change and change sometimes has to come from the outside in and that's what therapy can do for you. You know, the amount of divorces does not conclude a person has a big problem. You know, I know some great people out there that have been married five or six times and just not been able to either stay in a relationship, the partner passes away, partner becomes a flake, they develop an alcohol or drug problem, or maybe all of the above, they need to have a counseling, uh, the person may need to have counseling for themselves, and uh, so they don't make the same mistake again, and address the issues that ca- are causing the breakups, or root of the problem. You know, there are many reasons for divorce occurring, and it is not as simple as, 
you, you, you know, some try to make it. You know, people that are very judgmental try and conclude, but, but they are the ones with the problem because they do not know all the facts and they're not living in that person's household or their circumstance. So one factor that a lot of people overlook is maybe that person just has not found the love of their life. You know, it, it's, uh, it's a, a fact that anyone who has been married three times that wants to do it again, they get my respect. I mean, truthfully, you know, because divorce is so bloody and so difficult. And, and so, you know, you got to remember when you're dealing with people with multiple marriages, do not judge others, um, you know, as they are no guarantees in life. And your partner may not divorce you or may divorce you someday. And so you may find yourself in a, 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 a sticky situation. But the bottom line is a lot of people do not want to die alone. And as we get older, we do need someone there for us, you know. So here's some, you know, tips on, you know, divorce sucks and it's hard and depressing and getting a divorce is never about just ending a marriage. Divorce smacks you uh, about in a whole lot of ways. And, uh, you know, here's one, you know, there's a world of difference that exists between compromise and compromising yourself. Marriage requires compromise. And sure, it would be nice to always get your way. But that rarely works. You know, for instance, sometimes you have to watch uh, boring movies or a boring show and someone else and your, your, your partner, you just have to do that because there's compromise. There's a need for both of you to be in each other's world and have time together. And so, you know, compromise can be a good thing. But when you find you're compromising yourself to the point where you are no longer recognizable, then the compromise becomes very toxic and that has to be dealt with and that doesn't mean a divorce but that may mean new boundaries you know endings are very very hard it makes no difference if you are still friends with your spouse or you both hate each other and and in uh, with the heat of a thousand suns you know and believe me there's a lot of divorces that end very very badly you know being in a relationship can be very hard it causes a, a lot of stress to get divorced and you have to be ready for that endings get easier as time passes and one day you'll wake up and know that you gain strength from that experience so you know it's just hard it's just a hard thing to go through you know also holding on to bitterness it's a fact it causes wrinkles it causes gray hair so you know if you're going to resent the person that you were with and throw all this hatred and energy at that person that you married, uh, you may want to try to forgive and move on because that takes a toll on your body. It takes a toll on you. You know, um, settling is also uh, sad. Once, you know, once you look at yourself and once you look at your partner and you look at how much you have to settle your dreams and your hopes and your desires and who you are, that is something that you really have to try to see if you can either negotiate it through therapy and get yourself put back in the relationship or pull back and uh, reevaluate whether you want to stay married. You know, uh, the problem is if you divorce, your children, if you have children, will be around uh people not of your choosing because your partner is going to go away and they're going to get people in their life and those people may not be the kind of people you want your kids around so you know you don't want to get caught up in insecurity about another uh, man or woman being involved with your children's life 
you know, if you're lucky, then they will love your children. And that's a good thing. But you can't expect it. And a lot of people, when they uh, marry multiple times, end up trying to replace the 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 previous spouse or the 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 parent of the child, the children, uh, with that person. And that's the wrong thing to do. You're still the biological parent. You're the one that needs to stand in front of your children. You're the one that needs to discipline and you're the one that needs to take responsibility. The other person should be like a nice aunt or uncle. And that's about it. They, they, they implement family rules and that's about it. You know, People will judge you also if you divorce, and a lot of times you lose the friends you had in the marriage, even the single ones. You know, uh, it's amazing how people align in this kind of a situation. So that's something you really want to think about whether you're if you're up for a divorce. You know, people wonder what's wrong with you, and so there's a lot of judgment from people around you, especially if you've had multiple marriages, and. Uh, People are not always kind uh, when you're hurting. Uh, they don't want to hear it. They don't really care. They're more concerned about their own life, and they kind of drift away because they don't want to be the person uh, there with you. You know, the, the, the other thing is uh, you want to give yourself a break, and you want to forgive yourself, and you want to know why you're getting divorced, but you don't have to justify your life to everybody else. They don't need to know why. It's only your business and your, your kids and your spouse. And uh, all right, so here's some t- statistics. Conventional wisdom tells us that, that uh, uh, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And, uh, you know, it, so why are second and third marriages so much more likely to fail? Well, there's a very simple answer for that. And that is the fact that if kids, if people uh, get divorced later in life, like after their 40s or 50s, maybe in their 60s, they're, they don't have children to have to worry about. So the sense of divorcing, especially if they've done it before, is much easier. It's just a division of two people, and it's not as usually as financially risky as the original marriages or marriage was. You know, uh, past statistics have shown that about 50 to 60 percent of first marriages will end up in divorce, uh, 72 percent in a second, and 81 percent in a third marriage end in divorce. So, you know, why? Why are these uh, divorce rates so progressive? Well, there's a whole lot of theories, but one common explanation is is that a significant number enter into a second uh, marriage on the rebound of a first and, and, or second divorce. And so what they do is they just hop from one marriage to the next. And uh, often people are concerned are, are vulnerable and they do not allow sufficient time to recover from their previous divorce or to get their priorities straight before taking their vows again. They enter their next marriage for the wrong reasons, not having internalized the lessons of their past experience. They are also liable to repeat their mistakes and making them susceptible to similar conflicts and another broken marriage will follow. So clearly that one factor alone does not account for the high rates of a second and third failed marriage, but there's also some individuals in second and third marriages who consider divorce manageable and not necessarily a tragedy. They have handled it once, so they'll handle it again, and they may even recognize warning signs earlier than they did the first time around and are quicker to react and uh, minimize that agony. Um, Also, the uh, growing, uh, the growing independence between genders is thought to be one of the reasons for the significant increase, also, and that is there are some individuals in second and third marriages uh, who basically, uh, well, like women, 
that have become more uh, financially independent and the men have become increasingly more domestically independent. And as these gender roles break down, each gender becomes more self-sufficient in both arenas. So when these individuals move on to a second or third marriage, they're likely to feel a responsibility to protect themselves emotionally and financially. And it's therefore reasonable to assume that the, the greater economic and domestic uh, self-sufficiency gained with age adversely affects second and third marriages even more than it does in the first marriage. So, uh, you know, the prime factor affecting a breakup of a second or third marriage is also that there's less glue holding that marriage together. There's uh, children, family, parent-child relationships can be a very strong source of conflict. But overall, children act as a stabilizing factor in marriages. And when children are absent in the marriage, it's prone to be very rocky, uh, especially by even minor you know, incidents and minor events. And and because the great majority of children born to married couples are born during their first marriage, when the parents are up to about 35 years old, most couples in a second marriage do not have uh, common children to bind them together. So, you know, conversely, not having shared responsibility for kids means it's easier to leave them or leave when you are going through a rough patch. So that's kind of what I was saying before. But, you know, ironically, the presence of children in second and third marriages, if, if they're from previous marriages, can cause problems and lead to tension also. And that is another reason that people have multiple marriages. You know, generally speaking, relationships become very increasingly tangled and complicated with uh, subsequent marriages because you've got these children that you don't know and you don't necessarily love or have love for them. You may like them. Uh, some people love their stepchildren, but the deal is you're, you're basically, these are non-voluntary people that are affected by the relationship, by the, by the two people deciding to be married. And also, uh, people parent their kids differently, and then they have to come together and try to figure out how to parent their kids independently. A lot of people in second, third, fourth marriages have different parenting styles and uh, also get very offended at how their partner may react or interact with their kids. And so that causes a lot of problems too. And that dynamic has to be worked through. And, and, And I can tell you that therapy is the base place to learn how to do that because that's what we're here for is to try to help people understand complicated relationships and complicated children. But once again, these people that have multiple marriages, the couples, they have to parent their kids independently, meaning that one parent may have a different style than the other parent. They have to agree to disagree because the biological is the one that has to discipline. So here's some uh, wisdom. You know, if, if you've been married more than once and you're in a bad marriage, you don't want to stay because you're afraid of how it will look. You know, that's kind of crazy. You know, some people might judge you, but you can't let that affect how you make big decisions in your life. First of all, you have to realize that you're not a failure. You know, people think their marriage didn't make it because they didn't try hard enough or because there's something wrong with them. And if you're divorcing more than once, well, it's even easier to blame yourself because there's just one common denominator, you. In fact, your parents, your relatives, your friends, your neighbors, and and perhaps even potential new romantic interests may tell you that it's your fault, but you do not believe that. Longevity is not the only measure of a marriage's success. You know, after all, 
haven't we all seen unions that uh, last until death but are uh, devoid of love or sex or respect or full of anger, contempt, passive aggressiveness? I mean, there, there can be lifelong relationships and marriages that are that way where they've just grown apart but just chose to stay together and coexist. So whenever you're faced with judgments from others or even from that voice inside your head, please remind yourself that healthy, happy, and, and fulfilling marriages d- don't end in divorce. And so it, you have to know that you have to have two people willing to work. You know, and every has, thing has a season. And, and so forgiveness is key. Forgiveness is key. And that means you examine the process that leads to a decision rather than decision. Don't judge yourself on divorce. Judge yourself on the process that led to the divorce. That's where you learn to forgive. And you have to take responsibility for what you did or didn't do. You know, all right. So if you're going to date somebody in the, in, in, with uh, multiple divorces, some things you got to look out for. If, if the person seems distant or removed when you're spending time together or talking and uh, not emotionally expressive or hard to connect with on an emotional level, that's a real strong indication this relationship won't work. Also, if you, you find that they blame every ex and take no responsibility for the relationship having problems or for selecting a partner who didn't fit them, that's an indication that that's not a good person to commit to. Also, if the person you're dating doesn't share how they feel about you, this doesn't need to be deep or or signify serious commitment, but you need to know where you stand, especially if you've been dating a while. Also, you want to indicate, you want to check on if your date seems uh, self-centered or much more interested in themselves. Uh, than their, and their own needs, than your needs. And if you see the, these tendencies now, they're likely to grow once they have a committed relationship to you. And so this is an indication that's probably not a good person to be married with. Or also, if you suspect that person has serious emotional issues that make smooth interactions nearly impossible to achieve, that's another indication that that is not a good person to be with. So, you know, I, I'm trying to give you a, a lot of uh, indicators because people are in the middle of multiple marriages, at the beginning stage of marriages, and all that stuff. So what I'm going to offer up is, uh, you know, some other wisdom and also some predictors of divorce and also some indications of how to help children uh, through multiple divorces. Come back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about multiple marriages. All right. The, uh, you know, in this age of divorce where about 60% of uh, people are divorced, odds are pretty good that anyone on the dating scene, dancing, dining, movie going with someone, they're probably divorced or many of the people around you are all divorced. So, uh, and often more than one divorce, you know, so, you know, relationship experts don't necessarily see problems with dating someone who has been divorced more than once, but it depends on the circumstances. So if, if you're thinking about, you know, casually dating someone who has multiple marriages, then it's likely no big deal. But if you want to progress to a committed relationship, there's uh, more to think about. You know, first, consider why the person has been married three or four times and ask yourself, does this person acknowledge the mistakes that he or she made that contributed to the divorces? Because it's important to understand that a lot of people demonize their previous marriage and they don't talk about some of the good times because there were good times. And it's very important to be able to hold on to the memories that you've had. Uh, Not that you want to sit there and express them to your partner all the time, but the deal is, is that you need to be resolved that, yes, it was a good relationship, or no, there were parts that were good and parts that weren't, and this is what didn't, and this is what I didn't do. That's the kind of conversation you want to hear from someone who has had multiple relationships. You know, research does suggest that people who marry multiple times are more likely than people who do not marry multiple times to have personality traits and issues with emotional health that make it difficult to maintain satisfying and long-term relationships. Some people are codependent. Some people are narcissistic. Some people are borderline personalities. Some people are antisocial. Some people are very poor communicators or have very low uh, emotional intelligence. So there's all kinds of things you want to look for. If, if um, you know, you want to be keenly be uh, aware of what you're jumping into. And you may want to consider also, like I said, professional help to empower yourself and hone your introspection and share the things, the concerns you have with a therapist so that they can maybe give you some feedback. You know, maybe it's something you don't want to share with your friends so they form an opinion. What you want is an outside view looking in and that's what counseling can do for you. You know, you want to know how the marriage is ended also and what the person learned about themselves at the end of each marriage and what their concerns are regarding future marriage and what their relationship is like with their ex. These are very important things that if you're dating a multiple marriage person, you need to know. You know, it's also important to know how a once divorced person has processed what they went through and whether they have done any work or gained insight towards correcting problems. You know, twice married people can indicate there are issues, not understandings, things that were not resolved. And for those 
that we've been married uh, three or more times, it's more likely they have problems choosing someone appropriate and staying the course in an intimate relationship. You know, uh, it's it, it's absurdly judgmental to assume anything from the fact that someone has had multiple marriages, though. And, and still, you know, catching white lies should be red flags and, and you know, you may want to Google your date even before or after you first get together. It's integrity and trust are essential elements to any relationship, uh, business or personal. There are millions of reasons marriage fail and the particulars uh, can be discovered in dating. And that is why the dating process is so important. Okay, so what are some predictors of divorce? Because you, you can't really guarantee the longevity of a marriage, but what you can do is play the odds. So researchers have studied marriage success rates from nearly every conceivable angle. And what they found is that everything from smoking habits to uh, what state you live in can predict how likely it is for your marriage to survive. And so, you know, if you're a, a, a married American, your marriage is between 50 to 60 percent likely to end in divorce. So after peeking at that statistic, which uh it's kind of been steady like that since about the 80s. Um, you know, uh, these divorce rates, you know, you really got to look at. With each generation, we're getting a little better about picking partners. And that's because we have the Internet and you need to use those tools that you have. You know, and, and there's a different kind of marriage that is emerging here. And it's been emerging for a long time. And that is the uh, both partners working. You know, it, it's really hard to raise kids and uh, with both both partners working, but that's the way some people have to do it. The other thing is, if you're divorced, you're probably broke, or you're gonna you're a lot less money than you had before. So the deal is, a lot of second marriages, third marriages, fourth marriages, both partners have to work because of the financial situation, and maybe maybe just the fact that uh, the alimony and child support is so high. You know, if you live in a red state, by the way, if you like politics, you're 27% more likely to get divorced than if you live in a blue state. That's a fact. Maybe that's because, you know, the red state couples traditionally marry younger and and the younger uh, the partners, the riskier the marriage is. You know, a lot of people get married before they even know who they are. A lot of people get married before they're 21 and you're just a baby at 21. You know, the truth is, most people don't even know who they really are until they're about 32, and that's when they start getting more direction and commitment in their life. Also, you know, if you argue with your spouse about finances once a week, your marriage is 30% more likely to end in divorce than if you argue with your spouse about finances less frequently. You know, money woes kill marriages. Finance is the second greatest reason that marriages end. And, uh, you know, people feel like crap when they have no money in the bank and they look at each other. They're two adults. You know, maybe they have a house. Maybe they're renting. Maybe they have a car, whatever. But they're broke. You know, if you don't have money in the bank, you think different. You think day-to-day desperation, and it's very hard. But if you actually put money in the bank, like at least three months worth of bill paying in the bank, that is makes people feel secure and safe. And it's very important that if you have a marriage that is financially stable, to know that you're likely going to be better partners, you're likely going to grow together better, and likely going to respect the money that you have. And and that, you know, money is money. It's survival, guys. You know, that's the way it is. You, you've, that is how we survive in this world. And a lot of people don't value that. You know, most, um, 
you know, most seventy uh, percent of people that don't manage their their money are likely to end up in divorce, and and most divorce risk 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 factors such as age and education level also correlate with poverty. And so, whenever you see an explanation for anything, try to figure out what the explanations are for the explanations. <laughs> you know, the truth is, is that uh, many people don't marry someone that they have the same interests. And so, what they do is they do the opposites attract thing. But that gets boring after a while because you're fighting life all the time. You're always pulling against each other rather than working together. So if your opposites attract people, then you got to know what compromise is about and you have to learn to communicate for compromise. You know, if your parents were divorced, you're at least 40% more likely to get divorced than if they weren't. If your parents married others after divorcing, you're 91% more likely to get divorced. And, And this could be because witnessing your parents' divorces reinforces your ambivalence about commitment. And uh, in a very disposable type of uh, society that we have reinforces that. Also, if one partner in your marriage is a smoker, you're 75% to 91% more likely divorce to divorce than smokers who are married to fellow smokers. And also, uh, if you have a daughter, you're nearly 5% more likely to divorce than if you have a son. And... Uh, that's amazing statistic to me. You know, if you're an, inve- an evangelical Christian adult who has been married, there's a 26% uh, likelihood that you've been divorced compared to 28% chance for Catholics and 38% chance for non-Christians. If you live in Wayne County, Indiana, and are over 15 years old, there is a 19.2% chance that you've been divorced. And that uh, particular county... Uh, was the uh, strong bed of the KKK back in the 20s. That's what made it popular. And uh, also, if you live in the Florida Keys, you're 18% chance to get divorced. If both you or your partner have had previous marriages, you're 90% more likely to get divorced than this if this had been a first marriage for both of you. So a lot of data shows that second marriages should be more successful than first, but statistics are skewed uh, once again because people jump from one marriage into the next without processing what happened in the previous marriage. And so they do a rebound. If, if you're a woman, two or more years older than your husband, your marriage is 53% more likely to end in divorce than uh, if he was one year younger to three years older. So wide gaps in spouses can create uh, sexual discord and disagreements. So if you're uh, uh, of below average intelligence, you're 50% more likely to get divorced than those of above average intelligence. That's an interesting statistic. Um, Also, if you've been diagnosed with cervical cancer, your likelihood of getting divorced is 40% higher than standard rates. And it's 20% higher if you've been diagnosed with uh, uh, testicular cancer. These cancers, by the way, affect sexual activity and afflict mainly young people. And so, uh, you know, that's that's just a, a fact that affects their sex drive, their sex organs, and that can be something that is very, very uh, detrimental to a relationship. If you've had uh, twins or triplets, your marriage is 17% more likely to end in divorce than if your children are not multiple births. Multiple births bring some money woes, and they also bring stress, and they also really take 
away from two people to be able to spend time with each other because the babies wake up at different times. They have different needs. And if you don't have a support system that really, really helps you, uh, triplets, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. One is enough. You know, you know, one can drive you through the wall. One can drive a marriage apart where people aren't even talking to each other anymore or spending time. So, you know, triplets, I can't even imagine. Also, if you're in a male same-sex marriage, it's 50% more likely to end in divorce than a heterosexual marriage. If you're in a female same-sex marriage, the figure soars to 167%. All right, enough with statistics. You know, here's what we want to talk about is children in multiple divorces. Parents who marry and divorce more than once can cause problems for their children because the more divorces and remarriages a child lives through, the more likely he or she is to divorce, uh, divorce as an adult. You know, children who go through multiple divorces are not as well ed- adjusted as children who endure only one divorce. And so that's, you know, that's the truth because they have to constantly adjust and they, they're in their individuality phase of life. They're developing who am I and in the midst of that their, their, their parent is just keep regurgitating new other people through their life and they have to constantly adapt to that. Eventually, they take a very, fair, very far back seat. Also, you have to realize that children learn by their uh, parents' example. You know, parents who divorce repeatedly tend to be impulsive. They choose bad partners. They lack the ability to to sustain relationships. So the children of these uh, parents tend to grow up in a uh, built-in role model disadvantage uh, because in addition to uh, multiple divorce handicapped. So they're basically learning uh, what they shouldn't do out there in life. You know, marriage really deserves a, a lot of thinking. You know, couples really need to work on their marriage constantly. And that means getting to know each other, learning how to listen to each other, stop being defensive, stop being selfish, understand that it's the humblest place in the world. And, and you have got to invest in your partner. And a lot of people grow apart sexually. Well, I'll tell you, you know, if you're growing apart sexually, that's your problem. You have got to make your partner sexy to you just because they may have changed their body or whatever. You've got to find a part of them that you do find sexy and focus on that and build on it. You know, that's how people can can love each other and get it back together. The deal is in marriage, it 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 is very gray and it ebbs and it flows. It, it Some pockets of the marriage is awesome. Po- some pockets are ambiguous and horrible. Some are just blah and some are really super fantastic. So you've got to understand that it, marriage is a process. It's not a, a beginning and ending. It's not black and white. It's very, very, very gray. Also, um, one impact study that uh, on children asserts that more divorces and remarriages in a child's life a, a child lives through, the more likely they are to divorce and to and the more failed marriages they'll experience as an adult. You know, cumulative stress as new parents move in and out of a child's life seems to be affecting their marital history as an adult because that's all they know. So they do that in their life because they don't understand why their parent did that in the first place. You know, um, the, the uh, among adults whose parents had two or more failed marriages, 67% had divorced and 26% had divorced at least twice. Among adults whose parents divorced 
and remarried once, 58% had divorced and 19% had divorced at least twice. Among adults raised in intact homes, 41% had divorced and 9% had divorced at least twice. So adults who take after their parents' divorce histories may have learned the best way to deal with problems in a relationship is to basically cut and run. And uh, once again, the real victim are the children. And uh, so multiple divorces can make pract- uh, practicality of a child's uh, relationships with adults, with peers. And also they have to be- learn how to make friends over and over and over again. That can be very hard on them. And some may not want to make friends at all. So their life becomes very unstable. That's why you really uh, have to take it serious. When you have children, you and your spouse need to take it serious and figure out how to work through that relationship. And, you know, that's what counseling is here for. And uh, here's another thing, you know, children from divorced families are also more likely to get divorced themselves, but no one really knows why or whether this is from past generations or will apply to the children uh, in this divorce boom society that we live in. You know, the deal is they, they're going to follow that role model. Also, children who have uh, seen several families fall apart often wrestle with feelings of distrust, anxiety, betrayal. Um, repeated divorces or breakups appear to worsen the well-documented consequences of divorce when parents typically spend less time with children and when the family income drops Regardless of their parents' educational backgrounds, children are more likely than those who grew up in two, with two biological parents, drop out of high school, play truant, even lower grades and test scores. They also have fewer expectations of attending college. Um, you know, in a nationwide study of about uh, 1,200 people uh, back in uh, 1980 at the University of Nebraska, they found in 1991 that those who experienced multiple divorces reported higher levels of anxiety and depression as adults and had more trouble marriages and higher divorce rates. And so uh, those who counsel children of multiple divorce say that, you know, the, 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 the trauma of forming a new stepfamily with a stranger intruding on their time with a parent is very hard on children. Uh, and, and I see that all the time. I see that all the time and talk to my peers about this all the time. It's, it's just a very difficult thing. So, you know, this multiple marriage thing, you, you really have to understand. It's not a bad thing. But what is bad is if you're bringing children or impacting children from that. That is when it's bad. All right. We're going to take another break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about insight and what to do uh, in a multiple relationship and how to do it. And also talk about serial monogamy. Come back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. 
Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about multiple marriages, and we're trying to get our arms around how to look and view at multiple marriages and also how to date somebody who has multiple marriages and how to settle your life down after you've had multiple marriages. You know, serial marriages aren't that uncommon, especially among celebrities. And you know, if you're old like me, remember Elizabeth Taylor, Mickey Rooney, Larry King, uh, Donald Trump, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people have had multiple marriages and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the rich and famous are not like us. You know, we, we expect all sorts of marital drama from them and, and more surprised by a marriage like, uh, let's say, Patrick Swayze. He was married to his, you know, he's late and he's passed away, but he, he actually was together with his uh, wife for 34 years before he passed away. You know, former Mayor uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, had a very rocky marital history. I think he's on his third wife. And uh, he was very well known when he threw his hat into the presidential ring back in uh, 2008. And uh, so basically, he had to, he stated that he's a human being. He makes mistakes. He's not perfect. And that's kind of how he explained things. And, uh, you know, her, his wife also had three marriages. That was her third marriage. And so she had that from everybody until after he announced uh, he was going to run for president. You know, uh, so why do people get divorced? You know, people tend to blame divorces on the woman just as surely as, as they notice a messy or dirty home, fault the wife for her shoddy housekeeping. You know, a lot of people blame the woman and, and, and uh, don't give them credit for all the good things that they do in a relationship. And so, you know, there is no blame game that goes on here. There is two people that are not working well together. That is what you have, and they don't want one. And all it takes is one that doesn't want to work. If the one doesn't want to listen or work, then the other is going to be desperately lonely. You know, marriage can be the loneliest place on this earth when it's not working uh, because you're stuck with this person. And your needs are not getting met. And that can be extremely hard on people. You know, your needs have to be factored in because you will find a way to get those needs met if you cannot find them in the relationship. And it's really important to understand the difference between a want and a need because a need is something that you have to have. It's essential to who you are. And if your spouse is unwilling to deliver a need, then you're going to find yourself pulling away and giving half of yourself or giving less than half of yourself to the relationship. And that's where we fall into danger. There's a lot of people walking around with loneliness in their heart because they're married to somebody who does not want to meet their needs. And that need thing is called a love language. And it's very important to understand what your partner's love language is for you to have a smooth marriage. Because once you do that, a lot of the small nitpicking things go away because you guys are in tune with each other's needs. Once again, I'm not talking about wants. I'm talking about needs. 
you know, it's easy to point the finger at the ex once, but if you've been married and divorced several times, people are on to that game. Just, you know, it's, it's like two people can make a good marriage. It takes two people to make a troubled marriage. And a person is going from one marriage to another and never really self-analyzing themselves and what's going on, uh, they can actually uh, be very judgmental of themselves and lose their self-esteem. So, you know, the deal is you want to, once again, view the process of the marriage, what's going on, what's working, and what can be fixed. And that is what you want to do. And once you do that, once you focus on the process of what's led to a divorce, then you begin to forgive yourself. And that's where it is, not the divorce itself. Do not focus on the divorce itself. Focus on the process. And that means your process too. Okay. In most uh, areas of life, uh, having more experience is really good. And uh, like I said earlier in the show when we first started, you know, they don't teach marriage in school. They don't teach how to raise kids in school. And so a lot of people have to learn marriage first by the model that they watched when they grew up and then have to invent a marriage with the person they're with. A lot of people don't really understand that their parents' marriage model does not fit this day and age and that generationally marriage has changed enormously and the discussions and the compromises and the respect and the and the roles that have to be played and and the discussion it's a very real 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 experience real partnership there isn't an easy marriage out there because of the dynamics of the world call for each of us as individuals and so there has to be really strong communication for a marriage to thrive and so yes experience can be a good thing and a person with multiple marriages has experience if anything and uh, you know sustained experience is is, is essential you, you know, if you want to be great in a sport there's no substitute for practice. And anyone who runs a business can tell you their best employees are those who have been on the job long enough to have learned how to handle normal, well, and the unexpected with wisdom. So, you know, while more experience is often beneficial in life, you know, the story looks different when it comes from some types of experience before marriage. And so that is cool. You know, partners before marriage uh, is associated with lower relationship quality once married. So, Uh, In particular, having only ever lived with or had sex with one's spouse is associated with higher marital quality because you learn how to make love with your partner. That means you learn how to find them sexy. You learn how to, you know, people get with these really sexy people and then they find that they're not attracted to them anymore. And it's amazing. It's because they looked from the outside in rather than the inside out. And so, uh, you know, committing yourself to a monogamous sexual relationship, a monogamous marriage, means that you have to pull out of yourself the judgments you would make on your partner as their body changes, you know, as their beauty changes. Their beauty has to come through the inside out. That is so important. You know, uh, also cohabitating with more partners before marriage is also associated with greater likelihood of divorce and that a higher number of sexual partners before marriage is also associated with lower marital quality and a more likely divorce. There are many reasons for having more romantic partners before marriage, but uh, it also uh, may put some very high-risk difficulties in the marriage. One of the most important explanation is uh, of, of, of trying to look at the selection effects. You know, for many people, an elevated risk of difficulty in the marriage is present. 
before they have their first relationship experience. So background characteristics such as uh, a parental divorce, low education, economic disadvantages are also associated both with having more sexual and cohabitating partners and also with lower uh, marital quality or divorce. And so, you know, it may not be that having more sexual or cohabitating partner causes further risk, but because of a lot of risk was already in motion in a person's life. And, and for all sorts of reasons, some people seem to uh, destined to struggle in relationships. And this shows up on their relationships before and after marriage. And they also may uh, also uh, mean cycling through more partners prior to trying to settle down in a marriage. So, you know, uh, more awareness of alternatives is very, very important. Uh, alternative romantic partners. That means a part of an essential commitment is making a choice to give up other choices. So what I'm trying to say is it's very important to end a relationship on a good note. It's important to try to end it to where the partners can move on with their life. People that leave a relationship are not quite sure why it ended tend to keep each other in each other's lives and they may not be healthy. It may not be a good thing, but it's very important to end a relationship and move on. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people sit there and hang and they try to get justification and they put themselves back in that person's life. And when they're doing that, they're affecting their ability to have a relationship in the present because they're hanging on to the past. That is not something you want to do. You know, you want to end it well and you want to end it and call it a day and move on. And that's kind of what you have to do. And I know that's hard to do especially if you didn't volunteer for a divorce, but it's a very important element of, of moving on and your partner knowing that you have moved on from your relationships and that all is good. You know, also uh, think about two different people. You know, imagine these two people are nearly identical uh, with regard to all sorts of factors related to success in the marriage. Uh, selection is not involved in what, what I'm describing, but these people have one difference. Um, you know, the, the people around them, they, one may have had 10 sexual partners before marriage and the other may have uh, only ever had sex with one person and so, and before they got married. Now, how do they settle that? Well, uh, some people would resent a partner that has had multiple partners before marriage. And so they, they would not understand why they had multiple partners before marriage. And so that discussion, if one has only had sex with one person and another's had sex with 10 or 20, 30 in this day and age, God only knows, thousands. I mean, the deal is that is a dialogue that they have to understand. You know, they can look at the one that's been with several people as having a lot of experience or understanding about relationships. That's a good thing. But um, sex is not a trivial thing and it shouldn't be treated that way in marriage. And so when a person's had multiple partners before marriage, the person that didn't have multiple partners needs to really understand, hey, you know, what was this all about? Are you just into sex or are you deeper than that? And so uh, it's, it's a big risk and people really need to have that kind of a discussion. You know, uh, also, you need to have more experience breaking off. You know, cohabitation has characteristics that seem, you know, paradoxical. Living with a partner makes it harder to break up than just dating and all other things being equal. 
often now comes a time in a relationship and development where people have not really chosen each other for the future, and yet they cohabitate, and they frequently uh, do not work on the relationship. You know, a lot of people get together in a dating relationship. They're very lonely. They want to sleep with somebody. They compromise. They pull somebody in because they're in a financial situation, and they both kind of learn how to cohabitate, but also they started as a couple, and so now they're wondering what they're going to do. Well, are we going to commit or are we not? So a lot of people just linger. They live together for years and they never get married. Those relationships don't grow well. If if, uh, you're not marrying a partner after dating, let's say three years, statistics say you're likely going to get divorced. And that is because if you commit to a relationship after that period, you've already taken each other for granted for three years and now Uh, Moving on into years after that, your statistics are much higher of uh, getting divorced. So the deal is, is if you've got a cohabitating partner, you've got to learn to not cohabitate. Um, because you can go from having a relationship to cohabitation, but watching each other move on into other relationships is going to be very hard. And to expect each other to be monogamous when you're not really fully committed to a relationship, that can be very hard too. So a lot of multiple marriages also end up being uh, a person needing uh, financial stability or needing a home to live in or wanting to live in a certain community. Basically, what they're doing is latching on and then they cohabitate. So many people that do this multiple marriage thing take their partner for granted and they get into the honeymoon phase and they're all excited about being together and then if they move out of that, they become just another person. And so sometimes these people that do multiple marriages really don't uh, go deep into a relationship. They, they want to cohabitate with someone. Not a good I- idea. Now, what is this thing called uh, serial monogamy? You know, uh, the difficulties surrounding romantic relationships in modern society It's popularized a version of monogamy, which may be termed serial monogamy. And and this uh, version, commitment or exclusivity, or uh, typical monogamy is maintained, but is usually confined to a a limited period. So in this romantic pattern, people still believe in in, uh, some moderate form of ideal love, but give up on their basic pretense that it should last forever. And so the, you know, the beloved is still regarded to be unique, but the cases, uh, they're not for the rest of their life. There, there are people that are in serial monogamous relationships. So the multiple marriages where they go from one monogamous relationship to another, to another, to another, to another. And so, uh, you know, what you want to look at is these monogamous people, these serial monogamous are that way maybe because they have an attachment issue. Maybe they have an issue not being close with other people. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people enjoy being with other people, and that's about as deep as they get. And that's not the kind of person you want to be with. You want to be with a soul mate. And I know people often wonder, what is a soulmate, or is there such a thing as a soulmate? Well, I deeply believe in that, because I see people that have incredible chemistry and can make uh, a marriage wonderful. Let me tell you something. The, the bottom line is, people who invest in their marriage have a much deeper individuality. They have a much deeper experience of life. That is because they commit to and they took serious the picking of a partner who compliments them. But not only that, they learn to grow together and they learn to experience life and they focus on life rather than trying to find someone to be with. Some people are just so lonely and they keep picking in a hurry as fast as they possibly can impulsively try to pick one partner after the other in those relationships 
quickly move into another relationship. You've got to watch out for people like that. You know, the deal is eventually, if you're a multiple marriage person, invest in the marriage. Invest in the marriage and see how rich your life becomes, how wonderful your life becomes, because now you have a chance to focus on yourself, your partner, your life, the things that you're here for. Why are you here on this planet? What are you here to do? What are your passions? What, what, what kind of hobbies do you want to have? What kind of interests do you want to, what kind of experiences do you want to have? Now you can focus on that instead of trying to be with somebody. All right, that's our show. You know, our, our next show is going to be different. It's popular characters and their disorders. And I'm talking about cartoon characters. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback. DRGBMFT at SBCGlobal.net or Twitter at DRGBMFT. Now, remember, pot dispensaries are now deep frying edible weed. We are the fattest nation in the world. Hmm. Wonder what that means. Also, to make a relationship stick, make the fights clean and the sex dirty. That's our show. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.